Welcome to Otaku Ryoho on the Geek Therapy Network, an anime podcast where we discuss, uh, this is my first time doing the intro, so let me see how I do, uh, where we discuss important topics and themes through anime, right? So we, we, we bring anime as an example to talk about something that is important or mm-hmm. difficult or relatable or we'll figure it out. We'll come up with a better intro. Mm-hmm. My name is Josue Cardona and I am joined by John Ramos. Ohayo gozaimasu, if it's morning. Yes, if not... That's good morning. Yes, if not... <laughs> Oyasumi nasai, is, is, is that good night? Yeah, that's good night. That's, that's good like, night, right? Go to sleep. Good <laughs> <laughs> It's the only thing I remember. Yeah. Um, from from when I tried to learn Japanese a long time ago. Which uh-huh. which uh, brings us into to today's topic, which is kind of Japanese culture in general. Mm-hmm. Like, how can... How can I, don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but... Uh, I was obsessed with anime and a part of me, especially a teenage me, thought Japan is the coolest place in the world. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wait a I've never been there. I don't know if anime is an accurate portrayal mm-hmm. of Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I watched Excel Saga mm-hmm. that I, I felt like I had a window into Japanese culture that was more accurate. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Interesting. Uh, Excel Saga is a batshit crazy anime, right? It's a comedy anime. It is... I don't even know how to explain... Literally, Excel the Saga. title is Excel Saga Experimental Anime. Yes, like, it is. It's experimental. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is something. Uh, but it is hilarious, right? It's a comedy anime. And the, the interesting thing is that it's, it just makes tons of references to other anime, but it makes tons of references to Japan and Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. And do you remember, uh, like on VH1, where they gave pop up videos? Pop up videos. So they would give music videos, right, on the, mm-hmm. on the music channel VH1, and then there were for a couple hours they would show pop up videos. Mm-hmm. So then they would give them the the same music video, but then these like comic book pop ups. Uh, ah, yeah, like facts, boop, like facts fun facts and trivia. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Some were funny, some were actual like, oh, like this was filmed in blah, 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 right? So the DVD releases in America of Excel Saga had pop-ups. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could turn on the pop-up version and throughout the whole episode, these pop-up bubbles just kept coming up explaining the jokes to you, which I needed because the jokes didn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of the references were super obscure. Now, Excel Saga came out 20 years ago, I believe. So, and it's been a long time since I saw it. But I remember some of those things being like, oh, like this is a representation of this district in Japan, or this um, uh, construction site is very representative of a typical construction site in Tokyo, or uh, this is a reference to the politician, blah, blah, blah. So it was like super specific stuff that obviously if you were in Japan or you were Japanese, it would, it would just make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, that's references are a thing in, in geek culture in general. Right. And in, uh, in life, right. Like <laughs> comedy makes sense if you get the references. So I remember watching the entire show with those on to, to kind of understand what was happening. So, mm-hmm. 
that was the first time where I was like, oh, like, okay, so that, that is kind of what, like, it is like in Japan or like this isn't, right? Like, and, and, and there were very specific, like, oh, this type of food is typical of Japan. Like, there was something about it that felt like, uh, it felt almost educational. But I'm just, I'm just curious. I've never been to Japan. I tried learning, uh, or I learned a little bit of Japanese when I was, uh, probably in my early 20s.、Mm-hmm. So I was over 10 years ago. Uh, I have, I'm starting to like, Do some, some online stuff now again to like try to pick up some stuff. But in general, I've, I've never been there. So a, a part of me is not even sure how accurate those representations are. There's a lot of stuff that you see over and over again,、mm-hmm. like、uh, samurai anime, right?、Um, what, what is that time period called? The Edo era?、Like、yeah.、Meiji? Yeah. So it's like, oh, like all that stuff looks the same. And so I'm, I'm guessing that's pretty representative of what it was really、mm-hmm. like. But, but again, I don't, I don't know. So.、Yeah. So, Excel Saga was like my first one, like my first anime that really made me think about what Japanese culture is actually like, what, it, what even Japan is like.、Mm-hmm. Because, again, like Ava, I don't think is representative of that, right? <laughs> DBZ is not a representation of, of Japan. So, what, what do you think of that? I think it's a very important, like, interesting discussion to have. It's kind of weird that we are two Puerto Ricans talking about、um, <laughs> Japanese. Culture, anime is a product of Japanese culture.、Mm-hmm. Like,、yeah. That for sure is certain, right? And so, what do two foreigners have to say about anime, right?、Yeah. But the truth is that anime was formative to who we are. Yeah. yeah to yeah. a certain point, anime has become a global culture,、mm-hmm. right? Even if you go like on, like on Facebook or TikTok, you'll find people from all over the world. Talking about how anime has affected their lives. Yeah. So、um, I also grew up sort of like watching anime, sort of feeling like grasping for understanding Japanese culture through yeah. anime. Yeah. Fruits Basket also used to have pop ups like that.、Hmm. I remember、right. that they, they would explain concepts as they went.、Huh. And I found that fascinating. I loved anime that did that because、yeah. it, it, Made me feel like I was welcomed into a, a culture that I already admired. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was telling you, like, learn more about us. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, like, sometimes you see something and there's an obvious reference、mm-hmm. and you have no idea what it is. Yeah. And you, you might ask somebody next to you, right? Like, I don't、mm-hmm. know, like, if the, you go watch a Star Wars movie, right? It's like,、yeah. who's that? And it's like, shut up. I'm watching the movie.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you just don't get it, right? It's like, it's,、uh, it's fan service, right? It's、yeah. rewarding you. But to have that there, you're right. It's like, it's not fan service. It's, it's an opportunity for cultural exchange, really.、Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Like, this is, an, this is an anime discussion. Yeah. But earlier, outside of the podcast, we were talking about Dead Stranding. Yeah. Right. And so within the game, He puts like、um, pieces of like information about Freud, about、um, like authors, about things that inspired him in creating the concepts that are explored in the game. And that's cultural exchange.、Yeah. Like he's literally welcoming the, the player into exploring things that he's passionate about. Yeah, yeah. And、uh, I think that's something that anime definitely did for me、yeah. like, growing up about Japanese culture, right? I've heard a lot of people talk about watching westerns when they were little,、mm-hmm. right? And then thinking that that's what America was,、mm-hmm. you know? And then, you know, older, older people. And then more recently, like New York is 
in tons of movies, right? So I think with the exception of the natural disasters and monsters and terrorist attacks mm-hmm. and all the other things that show up in movies, um, superheroes now, right? uh, alien invasions, uh, other than that, New York is New York, right? Like you're mm-hmm. seeing New York in, those are live action too. Yeah. I don't think I've seen, I, I, I know I've seen very few live action Japanese films. Mm-hmm. I've mostly watched anime. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but I, but I, but I can understand that idea of like, oh, that looks so cool or that looks so amazing. I want to go there. And, mm-hmm. but you only have this fictional representation of it. But, but yeah, I guess it is an opportunity for, for learning because you can misrepresent stuff. Like, yeah. like in Death Stranding, Hiro Kojima is like, he based the game in America. And I mean, the Metal Gear games are also like, it's a lot of, uh, American military mm-hmm. style things. Uh, but it's like, it's his version of it, right? Mm-hmm. Even his, his version of America is very different. That thing is not to scale, first of mm-hmm. all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, definitely not to scale. It's post apocalyptic, mm-hmm. um, but it's still, the United States of America mm-hmm. or the United cities of America now. Right. But it's as you're going through the game, it's his representation of it. So I guess, yeah, there's a, there's a lot about Japan that I don't, I assume, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Based on mostly. And like, I remember telling my girlfriend things like, Oh, like people in Japan don't have um, like lots of rooms in Japan don't have locks on their doors. Mm-hmm. Right. Because probably, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm sorry. I don't actually know if that's true. That's just that's just something I learned from anime. I don't know if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that not everybody, not every door in Japan is uh, like a, a a paper sliding door, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, huh? But but I knew, but like that's what I believed because it was all I knew. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've been there now, so so it's different for you. Yeah. But I'm still in that spot where I'm like, I wonder. Like, I'm so curious about how close it is to what I think it is, based on crazy ass action anime (laughs) for the most part (laughs) yeah well luckily you have me an expert in spending a month in japan i'm so lucky with um broken duolingo japanese oh yeah to give you all the hot details yeah how it is in japan yeah let me know am i right or am i wrong (laughs) so uh i got married in august and we me and my partner decided to fulfill our lifelong dream of traveling to Japan by using our wedding gift money. <laughs> oh yeah. On you know what is essentially the trip of our dreams, mm-hmm. right? And so we went to Japan for a month. We went to Osaka, we went to uh, Kyoto and Tokyo, which are like three of the major like touristy cities in japan for different reasons osaka is like a very like food oriented uh city it's very modern as well um kyoto is a very traditional like they have regulations on housing that it has to maintain the aesthetic of old japan so um they have starbucks like on tatami floors Mm -hmm. or stuff like that um and so Tokyo. I, I always thought that Osaka was like, uh, like the equivalent of the South in the United States, mm-hmm. based on anime. You yeah. Know? So it was like more rural, and like people in maybe the big cities thought of people mm-hmm. who from from Osaka like as farmers or something like that. Uh, that's that's very interesting. Now, I thought the same. Right? Based on anime. <laughs> based on one of the anime that taught me the most about 
Japanese culture was Azumanga Daio. Okay. Right? It's an anime that's very slice of life, that the manga is like four panel comics, like you see newspaper, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But the whole manga is that way. Okay. It's like just jokey four panel comics, but there's an overarching like story about high schoolers, right? Yeah. And one of the characters is an exchange. I think it's an exchange student or is like a a, a, a student from Osaka, right? Everybody else is from Tokyo. Yeah. And in the English translation in the dub of that anime, she has a Southern accent. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so within the, the little box, it says like, uh, Osaka is the Southern region of Japan and they're known for having a very different accent. So I also got the idea that it was very similar to the South in the U.S., yeah. that it's rural. Yeah. But that's not the case. Huh. Like, lied to me, anime. You lied to me. Tokyo and Osaka are both very modern cities, right? Just, just the fact that they used a Southern accent in the dub, mm-hmm. like, probably had a lot to do with that because i i um, i forgot which anime it was that i watched that did that but i'm pretty sure that the same thing happened yeah. or i've seen it in multiple ones where like someone's from osaka so they have a southern accent mm-hmm. a and, southern american accent <laughs> yeah and so they always warn you when you go to osaka the the accent can be strong mm-hmm. right and so during my trip my first uh destination was osaka when i got there i was like all my Duolingo knowledge worked for nothing because I'm not understanding what people are telling me. And so, you know, eventually I sort of got a handle of the of the accent. But definitely when I got to Tokyo, I was like, okay, uh, this is what I practiced. Yeah. This is the, the Japanese that I know. Yeah. And so I found that interesting. That's something very interesting for discussion because it's something that was literally lost in translation. Yeah, yeah. Like, or gained in translation. You gained that sort of idea that North and Southern Japan was had an equivalency to North and Southern like United States. Well, it, it was the the closest parallel, mm-hmm. right? I wonder yeah. if it had been if Funimation was or you know these other companies were mm-hmm. based in Europe, mm-hmm. maybe they they do it differently. Yeah, right. I mean that's that's like the that's like Full Metal Alchemist for example right where mm-hmm. where there's more European accents I mean literally I mean Full Metal Alchemist is like it's supposed to be it's supposed to be Germany yeah right is it do you know it's it looks very German and it has a lot of German aesthetic yeah yeah so like, I think it's supposed to be German but like just like in fantasy mm-hmm. in a lot of fantasy shows um, mm-hmm. the all the characters have British accents yeah. right because it's supposed to be more. Yeah, Regal, old English. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are just our those are just interpretations, mm-hmm. right, of those things. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Okay, okay. So so Osaka is different. Yeah. What else? Um, what, like w- w- what else did you find? Okay. It was different or similar to, okay. to anime. My personal experience going to Japan. Growing up, I watched a lot of anime. I watched. Uh, I sort of formed this idealized image of Japan. Yeah. Like not only from an anime standpoint of like, you know, this is like the anime mecca, but sort of like on how polite the people would be, on how, you know, uh effective the city would be. Mm-hmm. And I I always idealized it. I remember before I went to the trip, I was like, you know, you have to measure your 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 idea of Japan and see the differences, right? You have to like uh, prepare yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. 
What I found is that Japan was more Japan than I thought Japan was. <laughs> okay. So, so ju- okay. Just to, I want to be clear what you mean by that before you go on and, and okay. explain it. Like, I want to get an idea. Like, I'm assuming you, you and I, and lots of people use the same word. It's like, that's, that's really Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like Death Stranding is Japanese, mm-hmm. right? It's not like Japan, but it yeah. feels like Japanese, right? Like, and sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, that's some anime shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. So, yeah. so in that, like, so I'm thinking, I imagine people with like different colored hair, right? And, and like certain, like, uh, like, Times Square times a hundred, yeah. you know, like things like that. Like mm-hmm. that's my version of uh, Japan. Japan in my head, mm-hmm. based on kind of anime, other things that I've seen. Like to me, that means Japan, right? Like if I see an mm-hmm. aesthetic like that, brighter colors, things like that, it's like, oh, that's J- that's Japan. Mm-hmm. That's really Japanese. So, yeah. is, so is that is that kind of what you mean? Okay. Um, <laughs> here we go. There's okay. there's a lot to discuss here. Um, first of all. Uh, lots of different hair colors. That's not so common. Okay. Right? Okay. Okay. I think that scene is sort of like punkish or something. I'm, okay. I'm not sure. Okay. But generally, uh, they stuck to the same like black hair aesthetic. Okay. Right? So natural hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now there's animation everywhere in Japan. Hmm. In the subway, there are little like PSAs of animal characters telling Japanese like natives that if you find a foreigner that's lost looking for the train, uh, you can try to like help them find their way. And they had like all these anime expressions, like the two like um, arrow eyes for like when they're happy and stuff like that. It had the anime sounds like the like video gamey sounds, right? Yeah. When you used an ATM machine in Japan, I felt like I was playing Animal Crossing. What? It had all that like sounds and stuff like that. Um, huh. Like for every time I hit a button. Okay. Every, like in Tokyo, a lot of cities have their own mascots, like chibi hmm. mascots that you can take pictures with that sometimes give you directions. Like, uh, like Nara is a part of Tokyo where there's a park with deer in it. Like it's a very far, it's a famous park, not a park, and it has a place where there's a lot of deer that just hang around at that place. It's a it's protected by the government, and people go there to feed the deer and take pictures with the deer. And the mascot is a deer. Okay. And then there's like government issued posters with the deer mascot telling you like. You know, don't feed the deer this type of food. Feed it these cookies that we have for sale or stuff like that. And there's like anime mascots everywhere. Sometimes you leave a a subway station and there's a mascot for the subway Hmm. uh, telling you like, this is the exit or stuff like that. Okay. That kind of surprises me because for a while I assumed that anime was as popular in Japan as it is here. Mm -hmm. But then after a while I was like, oh, wait a minute, is is anime just a children's thing mm-hmm. in Japan? And then, but just like here, you know, in other parts of the world at all ages, we consume mm-hmm. it. Is it like that in, in Japan? So this surprises me because I yeah. didn't think it would be like anime everywhere. There's anime everywhere. Hmm. Hmm. I think in terms of personality, the, <laughs> my interactions with a lot of Japanese, which admittedly could be very different from the fact that, they're interacting with a foreigner. Yeah. 
but they're a lot more like conservative, a lot more like respectful than you would see most anime characters. Like anime characters are very uh, greater, like larger than life, yeah, right? Yeah, they're yeah. very like they they talk loudly, they experience their emotions like very like um like physically with a lot of movement, and. What I saw is that culturally they're they're a lot more respectful, a lot more stoic, a lot more like I found that Japan it's it's really like one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. Mm. Not only like aesthetically, but because of its people. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere I went, I felt like everybody treated you with a degree of respect that I've never seen in my life. Consider this. Aww. Consider, yeah, I, I, what I'm, what I'm, I mean, from strangers, right? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Consider this: Shibuya Station is the largest station uh, that I remember going to in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you can compare it to Times Square, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. When you go to Times Square, it's loud. It's like there's like people playing. There's people like shouting. It, it doesn't smell particularly nice. Which, by the way, I love New York. Um, <laughs> but when you go to Japan, the only thing you can hear are footsteps. Okay. Like, everybody respects your personal space. It's seen as rude to talk on the phone while you're in the train. Got it. I- even if you're whispering, like, because you're, like, interfering with everybody else's lives. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Every time you pay with your card or your money... They hold your card with both hands. Mm-hmm. They bow as they receive it. They show you the price. They ask you if you think the price is right or if they made a mistake. And if not, they'll charge and they give you back your card with both hands and thank you. Like absolutely everywhere you go. You'll yeah. never get this this thing where like you go somewhere and they're not looking at you and they're like, oh, what do you want? Okay. And they charge you extra because they added something and they don't like confirm with you mm-hmm. or stuff like that like everything about my interactions with them was i don't know it was <laughs> it was great really um so there's when you see like an in anime for example in like uh culture festivals or stuff like that that they're very hard working that they're they they stand in in front of the stores and they're like ah good morning these are the special stuff like that that's something that happens very frequently in japan mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's very accurate. I'm blanking on any other sort of things that I might have noticed. Well, just in, in general, do you think that the what you've seen in anime was representative of Japan? I think what I've seen in, in Slice of Life animes is very representative of Japan. Okay. But before I went to Japan, I think one of the shows that was the most informative for me sort of like preparing me to how Japanese interactions are, how we should approach them and stuff like that, was Terrace House, which is a reality show in Japan. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's sort of like a real world mm-hmm. where they put like six strangers in one house and they get to live together, but it's absolutely nothing like American reality TV. Okay. What about is this is this an anime or is this a real a live action show? It's a live action reality TV. Okay. And it's not scripted. It's, it's non scripted. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. You can see it on Netflix. They have like three different seasons. Okay. That was one of the most informative like things I could have had to how Japanese live. 
Okay. Um, Japanese. Obviously, there's a degree of like um, it's artificial. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's a reality show, but there's a lot to learn from the interactions that they have between each other, and the drama in these shows is so different from American reality TVs. Like in this show specifically. Like I think in American reality TV, it's like ah, this person cheated on me, so I'm gonna start like fighting and like uh, <laughs> pulling their hair yeah, and yeah. like uh, something like that. I think the most high tense situations you you're gonna find in Terrace House. Sometimes it's you told me that I look pretty, and that gives a girl sometimes expectations that maybe you're interested in her. But now I learned that you're not interested in me, <laughs> and so that I want you to acknowledge how that can be hurtful. <laughs> and then they're like, "I see how that's hurtful. I'm sorry." <laughs> and you're like, "What's going on? How are they like? How are they handling this?" So, and you have like your strong personalities. Okay. Like sometimes they're like, "I don't get how that could be hurtful." Like, but it's like. It never escalates okay. to the point that that you see like any American like reality TV show escalate. And I thought that was a very accurate representation of how I interacted with Japanese people. Hmm. Hmm. The, um, I watched one live action show on Netflix. It's called Dad of Light, mm -hmm. Final Fantasy fourteen, <laughs> and it's a show about a son and a father who. So the father is uh like he's just tired of his job so he quits and mm -hmm. he's just spending a lot of time at home alone so the son who's really into final fantasy 14 he plays on pc he buys his father a ps4 and sets it up for him with the game mm -hmm. and then without telling his father he goes upstairs and then logs into the game and meets the father to help him like go on adventures in final fantasy 14 okay to like help him out of his depression oh that's awesome It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like six episodes, but it's live action. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm seeing a Japanese home. I'm seeing Japanese uh, family interact with each other, I'm seeing an office space. I'm seeing work, right? Like I'm seeing mm -hmm. uh, certain things like that. And it kind of matches up with what I thought, like mm -hmm. like what I picked up from, from yeah. anime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. This, this is making me think about just like, So, so I, again, like I think through Excel, I got a lot of references. Like somebody explained the references to me, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, it was like, I think you said something before about um, it being inviting, right? Like, like mm -hmm. oh, like I'm being invited into into learning more about about the culture, and uh, I I felt that watching that anime. But I wonder, like, what other things do you think? Like, have you learned from anime that, like, for example, a lot of these romance animes, right? They're mm -hmm. like there are people engaging in romantic relationships. Like how much of that is realistic? You know what I mean? Like in general, like you watch on TV, it's like, Oh, like that's a romance. Like what? Like what are they doing? Like the way they either talk to each other or make references to each other or give each other gifts or something like that. I don't know. I'm yeah. just thinking like in general, I'm thinking about a lot of these shows. Most, most shows that are for entertainment are not educational. That is not mm. the intention. But yeah. sometimes you put something in where you're like, oh, like it would be cool if people learned about this part of the city mm -hmm. or learned about this culture. Yeah. Um, but most of that, most of the stuff that we learn is not necessarily the intention of the creator. Mm -hmm. We're just seeing stuff and we're like, oh, well, I guess you that's how it by is. Association. Yeah. yeah. And assume that that's how it is. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Take that question however, however you want. But uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm going, it's going around in my head. Yeah. 
that idea of all this stuff that we learn that we just assume is real. Because mm-hmm. I guess in a lot of these shows, we're seeing things that we don't see in mm-hmm. our in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Like especially, like again, making the reference, I mean, we've both lived in New York, but we've both lived in Puerto Rico, very, very different places. The way that people like were respectful, right, of each other, like it sounds very different than what it's like here in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to Italy once. And in Italy it felt very much like Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Like people yeah. are just generally uh, louder and more lively and yeah. people are, are like... They, they love food. They'll, they'll yeah. come up to you and they'll hug you, yeah. right? And, and that's just very different than it sounds like your experience in, yeah. in, in Japan mm-hmm. where people yeah. are like handing you something with both hands and bowing yeah. instead of like running up to you and... Yeah, it's very respectful. It's very like keeping a very comfortable distance. Yeah. Um not that not that like running up to you and hugging you isn't yeah. is disrespectful. It's yeah. just it's a it's a very different way of interacting. Yeah. It's very like self-aware. Like mm. like like the opposite is true. Like I'm I'm more I'm you once told me that you felt like you could really thrive in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> right? And uh I can I can completely relate to that because I'm not a hugger. I'm not a kisser. Like mm-hmm. when a stranger comes up to me and like kisses me on the cheek, it just, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like, I'd rather shake your hand than give you a big hug unless I really know you, Yeah, you know? So like going to Italy and having people be like, Oh, welcome. And you know, jumping on you and all that stuff like, like happens here. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like heaven to go to a place where people like will acknowledge me with their eyes and that's it and not have to like <laughs> come mm-hmm. into my space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember what my question was, but uh but um <laughs> You you had talked about whether you think relationships are accurate in anime. I guess so, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's one yeah, that's one way to, to look at it. Yeah. But you know, I haven't experienced relationships in Japan because yeah. I was just yeah. you know a foreigner. Yeah. I think Terra's house again would be a very good example yeah. of that. Now, there's there's certain things about Japanese culture that I really admire and that I've tried to incorporate into my own life. Okay. Japanese holidays okay. are very different, right? Okay. And for example, like Christmas for us, it's a very family affair. Mm-hmm. Like it's you you're supposed to spend it with your family. Mm-hmm. In Japan, it's like Valentine's Day. Hmm. You spend it with somebody you love. Hmm. And I find that fascinating. Yeah. Like the concept that they have Valentine's Day and White's Day. White's Day? Yeah, White Day. And the thing is, so Valentine's Day is a day where girls give guys gifts. Okay. okay? Now, White Day is the day where the guy gives a gift back to the girl who gave a gift to him in, in, in Valentine's Day. It's literally okay. one month after Valentine's Day. So it's okay. the 14th of March. Okay. Okay. And so usually it's something white. Okay. But if usually like what's uh, socially acceptable is that you give the girl who gave you something for Valentine's Day, which is usually chocolate, something of equal or greater value on White's Day. Okay. Okay. So like a girl can confess love, on Valentine's Day, give you like a box of chocolates, and then you might give them like on White Day, like white chocolate. Yeah, white chocolate <laughs> or like a white cake, or like okay. you can get very creative with it. Not okay. necessarily something white. Sometimes it's like, you know, I'm gonna take you out for a trip, or or dinner, or something like that. Okay. But 
the that the concept that they separate by sort of the gender interaction mm-hmm. i found very fascinating yeah like and i find fascinating that it's expected that women do the first approach of like i'm interested and then one month later the man sort of reciprocates that approach with more something of equal or greater value to this day like i still celebrate valentine's day the traditionally american way but I still try to always get a small gift for White Day for my mm. wife hmm. to sort of like, I don't know. It's a Japanese holiday, but I really like that sort of idea. Hmm. Did you, where did you first learn about that? I learned it in Fruits Basket, actually. Um, I think uh, Toru, in one episode, like she completely exhausts herself making chocolates for everyone. And it's a large like cast of characters. Mm-hmm. To the point where, you know, it's sort of like that episode is sort of a lesson and sort of when sometimes like you give too much, sometimes like uh, you have to take care of yourself and not put so much effort in taking like making everybody else feel valued. Sometimes you have to take care of yourself. So a month later, one of the characters that got the chocolates invites her into like a hot springs hotel. Okay. And they're from a very rich family. So it's sort of like this sort of payoff. Like, you really worked hard for this. So we're going to, like, pay for this, like, hot spring. And she finds it very hard to accept that gift. But eventually she does. And that's where I learned uh, about it for the first time. And do you, do you know, like, are you practicing it the, the right way or the fruits basket way? Like, is that is that accurate? <laughs> I, I'm practicing it the... Fruits basket, to be honest. I am like, I mean, equal to greater value Mm -hmm. has a broad definition. Yes, yes. But it's something like, you know, I'm somebody that loves holidays. Okay. Like, I love Christmas, even though a lot of people might find Christmas difficult. I found ways to sort of repurpose that every holiday to feed my emotional needs, right? Yeah. And I like having days that I know that day I'm going to dedicate to one thing because otherwise I'll forget. Otherwise, like, you know, some people say like, oh, like Thanksgiving, why don't you say thanks every day? Like, why is it necessary to have one day to be thankful? But sometimes it's good to have that reminder, Mm -hmm. even if it's just once a year to like, no matter what, at this day, you will be thankful. Right. Because done is better than perfect. Right. Like if you did it once, like it's better than like not doing it ever because like you never remind yourself to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I really love holidays. And that's that's part of something like I've incorporated like Japanese culture into my life. Well, I'm I'm thinking that the 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 reason why Excel Saga was like it shocked me that way is because I don't watch a lot of slice of life Mm -hmm. stuff and, and I don't watch a lot of stuff that even I guess takes place in like the the stuff that I watch is like I don't know like Tenchi Muyo is is yeah. technically in Japan but mm-hmm. you know there's some it's crazy a more stuff, traditional but there's some crazy stuff happening yeah. you know so like I'm not really thinking that much about the house or the place where they're living I'm thinking about the fact that he's like living with like four alien girls mm-hmm. and a spaceship cat right like there's <laughs> so I think I think Excel Saga was the first one that made me think about Japan itself. But then all of these other shows, like like we said before, like they feel there's something about them that feels Japanese. Mm-hmm. Again, again, whatever that means, right? It's become it's become a, a particular thing that I think, like Cowboy Bebop, 
mm-hmm. feels like an anime to me right but like yeah they're in space all the time right like yeah. I, th- I think maybe in the first episode I you didn't see a lot of animes that were primarily in a very photorealistic japan like yeah. a very like uh yeah like i just saw weathering with you and it makes an effort to show stuff that i'm assuming is very real yeah right? like that is japan uh-huh uh, yeah, that's the same thing I felt for your name. Yeah. yeah it it yeah. feels very like it's showing you their culture. Exactly. Like there's a scene mm-hmm. in a McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? Where he's like, he's showing you what McDonald's is like mm-hmm. in Japan mm-hmm. and what people are like in McDonald's in Japan. Like that, I haven't seen a lot of anime like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I really love about Japanese culture that I've learned is before I went to my trip, I, I, started reading a book called The Book of Yokai, right? Okay. With a book of like yokai, which are practically like Japanese spirits who are usually mischievous. I learned that from Yokai Watch. Yeah. Which are usually mischievous or sometimes outright evil, mm-hmm. right? And only people with a Yokai Watch can see them. In Yokai Watch. Not in real life? <laughs> no, not, not in real life. Are Yokai Watches not a real thing? But one thing that's interesting is uh, Japanese culture is very based on a traditional polytheism Mm -hmm. that that it's deep in the roots of what they used to be right in their history even to this date like japanese create mythology around them like even in contemporary times yokai keep popping up and it evolves with the culture there are spirits for cell phones for Mm -hmm. concept for the concept of cell phones Mm There's a spirit for, you know, the concept of, like, social networking, Hmm. right? And it's a sort of way for them as a culture to cope with concepts. And I found that just utterly fascinating. Is is it somehow similar to uh, the the Catholic uh, saints, where there's, like, a saint of, of different things? Yeah, I think it's very similar to that. Except the saint is usually a human being... Mm-hmm. who decided to like dedicate their lives to a specific concept and you know religious execution of that concept mm-hmm. right the saint of sailors will you know take care of sailors yeah in which case yokai and and uh, uh, spirits in japan are usually they're the embodiment of that concept gotcha gotcha right? okay Okay. Which I found very interesting. And the concept that in Japan, the shrines are dedicated to concepts. To concepts. To, to, yeah, to concepts and ideas. Hmm. For example, I went to a shrine in Kyoto who that was like, it was called like the, the three monkey shrine, right? The see no evil, uh, hear no evil, stuff like that. And then people would lead, leave offerings of like these like, bags that look like monkeys like like hanging Mm. from a branch Mm -hmm. and in that offering you write a note of a temptation that you're trying to overcome okay so if you're on a diet you could go to their shrine and you know make an offering and work towards that temptation like overcoming that temptation Mm -hmm. then there we went to a shrine that's for couples and you prayed for the uh, success of romantic relationships okay and you would go to that shrine and you could read the offerings that people have left and sometimes it's like you know i'm 40 years old and i still haven't found somebody to love i've i want to like 
be in a relationship. Or sometimes it's like, you know, we've been married for 50 years and we want to keep it going and we're so happy. And it's fascinating because you can simply go to that shrine and see that other people are going through the same struggle that you are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's There's a shrine for students that we went to. We're both medical students. And so going to that shrine, it was like we put our like intention we wrote it on a, a, a wooden slab and you just hang it in the shrine how do, how do you start a shrine like like what's the story behind the medical student shrine so the shrine is not a medical student's shrine it's an academic shrine it's okay. for like okay. students in okay. general okay okay and so i'm guessing it's usually like it has every shrine has its history and sometimes it's like this is a shrine dedicated to the spirit that has helped students so something like that. The, so, but it's like anybody can do it. Anybody can just set up a shrine or? I don't know. It's, okay. it, it feels so rooted in history. Okay. That I'm guessing somebody can set up a shrine. Sometimes you see like these tiny shrines that somebody builds. This, but, um, so this is like, like starting a hashtag. Something like that. <laughs> and then the hashtags get so big that they become monuments. Okay. Okay. Because they have donations and people are coming there to talk about their their problem. So, so so I just have I'm curious because we talked about people respecting each other's space and, mm-hmm. and there being like this community aspect of 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 that idea, right? It's like we're we're respectful because this is everybody's space. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to talk on the phone in the train. You're not going to be loud, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. it's everybody's space. So in something like a shrine like that, I'm I'm thinking more of like privacy. Like is it covered is it out in the open can everybody see that you're coming up to the shrine and putting something there yeah everybody can see it okay everybody can see the offerings that are already put up there it's a very open area my experience is that most shrines usually had like three people in them at a time really like it felt very like open space empty Unless you went to like the, there's one like in Asakusa, a, a, a borough in Tokyo, that's like the oldest shrine. There it's always full. It's like, it's it's hordes of people. But like the the shrine for lovers, I think we saw like four people during the time we were there. Okay. And we took time to pray in the shrine. We took time to write a, an, like a, a little slab of wood with our like marriage, like, you know, we just got married. We want our relationship to last uh, years. Here's to, you know, 12 years of an already established relationship, stuff like that. Then you hang it and you can see everybody else's offerings. And there were mm. offerings in Japanese and there were offerings in English, offerings in Spanish. We saw some. Um, so it was fascinating. There's nothing like that in no. in Western it's culture, It's like right? a forum. Yeah. But it's it's... It's great because my feeling there, going there, was you can get to see that you're not alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when you get there, you can read other people's offerings, and you're like, you know, other people are experiencing the same problem, and they're praying for it as well. And so it felt like a very community effort. I found it, I try to sort of bring that same sort of devotion to concepts in my life, to my daily living. Hmm. Like, I'm going to take some time to write an intention and, and dedicate that space to that intention. Something like that. Yeah. I've, I Something I wish I could have in our culture. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen shrines in anime, 
but I always see them from the lens of someone from the West, mm-hmm. which means I see it as something more private. Mm-hmm. Like here, like when you, I don't know, like what's it called? Like a cemetery, like you go by yourself, right? Yeah. You, you go into a church and that's enclosed. Mm-hmm. I once went to a Mormon church where those like areas where you can only go in if you were a Mormon. Mm-hmm. You weren't even allowed inside. Yeah. So th- I think there's way more of a like a, privacy aspect to it i don't know Mm -hmm. i keep coming back to that word where it's more personal and that feels like it's more like again that idea that like everybody's going through yeah through the same yeah like there's other people who are feeling this too and i can see everybody as well but i don't know that's that's fascinating that's really cool yeah no and uh you know it just feels like I'm, i'm guessing there has to be like the downside on that is that there has to be people who want to engage with the shrine but maybe are too ashamed to do so right? yeah and yeah. because they don't have that privacy like you could go to a church at any point in time you can like uh do a confession in private yeah. and like nobody will have to know right yeah but these shrines are like out in, in the public and maybe sometimes like somebody will not muster up the college in case somebody like will see them yeah yeah but i don't know it it seemed like something so commonplace for them. Yeah. So, um, anything else about like Japanese culture? No, but like, like uh, again, like this is the the round two, right? So we're still getting started. So yeah, I'm I'm surprised with where this conversation went. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to contrast like my lack of experience with Japan with mm-hmm. your one month experience in Japan, right? There was yeah. there was a big. Um, like you were able to answer some things that I'm I'm curious about. I'm still curious to have my own experience and go mm-hmm. and see how it matches up with my with you know what I think that I've learned or my ideas of of Japan. Like how can I love these things so much and then but like may possibly be so wrong about the country and its people? I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, hopefully I'll find out uh for myself soon enough. I've met people from Japan, mm-hmm. you know, and my ignorant uh <laughs> american self was like my first question was like do you watch anime and mm-hmm. both of these people in particular were like eh, not really mm-hmm. and that surprised me i was yeah. like oh well i guess then maybe you know maybe mm-hmm. not everybody in japan likes anime that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. so just because like there's areas in japan like the anime aesthetic is ever present it doesn't mean that everybody watches anime, yeah, right? Yeah, the same yeah. way that because in, in the United States, there's a lot of sports aesthetic everywhere. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean everybody, everybody watches, watches football. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's a good point. That's a good point. So I guess, yeah, yeah. Learning. Yeah. Learning. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. So so it's cool. I mean, this conversation went into a whole bunch of different uh, directions. Mm-hmm. So so now it's your turn Yeah, it's to my choose... Turn. Like something like pull a thread from something that we talked about here, yeah, with an anime, and then that'll be that'll be what we do next time. And yeah. then, and I, like we were prepared for this one, but now this is know. where it gets hard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what are you gonna do? So I I've been thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really like this conversation that we're having on sort of like different cultures translating language, mm-hmm. um, and also about um, intimacy. And how we respond to different forms of intimacy uh, as Puerto Ricans or as Japanese people respond to intimacy. I think I would like to explore 
more just uh, the barriers of different types of language. Okay. Okay. And how that can isolate us and how that can sometimes connect us, right? Mm -hmm. And the example I want to bring up mm -hmm. is the Kyoto Animation Movie. Okay. A Silent Voice. Okay. It's on Netflix. You okay. can you can watch it on Netflix. Okay. And it's the story of a relationship between a man growing up from from grade school mm -hmm. and a woman who is deaf. Okay. Or hard of hearing. Okay. And the struggles that they both go through him for experiences that he goes through throughout the the, the okay. anime and her because she is unable to communicate with people in a way that other people like want to communicate with her with okay right? okay and accessibility of language yeah uh, that's very fascinating i really want to work with that okay so the movie is called a silent voice a silent voice by kyoto animation okay on netflix on netflix okay Ooh, I'm excited. It's beautiful. I'm it's excited amazing. about this. I'm excited about this. Okay. Well, thank okay. you for listening to this episode of Otaku Ryoho. Um, you can comment on this episode on the Geek Therapy forums. The link will be on the show notes. We have Twitter handles that are also in the show notes. And please uh, rate us on iTunes, preferably like five stars or something around that 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 number but you're free to, to show us your opinion. And if you can write a review, that's also pretty nice. Um, yeah, send, send feedback, send comments. Yeah, uh, you can send find feedbacks, us. comments, uh, any recommendations that yeah. maybe we could incorporate it like at, at, a, at a round. Yep, Just a future episode. Know. Yeah, yeah. Find more, more episodes and more information at otaku.geektherapy.com. Thank you so much. Sayonara. <laughs>